Hey, it's Death by Video, and it is very, very, it's either late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. Well, it's early Sunday morning. It's like 2.34 a.m., and we are here live at Franz, and... Hey, it's me, Kit. And Graham. So, uh, this is Kit's second film at the Toronto International Film Festival. The first is, of course, Dolomite Is My Name, and we just got out of the Midnight Madness program for Takashi Miyake's First Love, which I guess is his most... It's like his take on a Coen Brothers film mixed with a romantic comedy is what, how I kind of saw it. Yeah, I definitely like that. It's, it's just like a classic crime caper, um, you know, uh, mafia-type wackiness. Wrong place, wrong time with yeah. a guy who knows how to throw a punch. Yeah. yeah. So, Kate, you were telling me this is like your first Takashi Miyakai film, although we realized in line it actually isn't. Uh, no, I've, uh, I've seen, uh, what is it called? Uh, Sukiyaki Western Django. That's correct. Which, is, sorry, I, I always feel I need to lean lean, lean in for these. Um, yeah, that's correct. His uh, Western movie with the um, all the Japanese actors speaking English phonetically. Uh, I remember actually liking that one. I haven't. I only saw it but the once, but uh, I did like it. Yeah, it's a fun one for sure. Sorry, it's very early in the morning, folks, uh, and it's been a long day. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one, and uh, I liked this film, too. Yeah, it was like a... It was very fun. Like, it's like... Um, Takashi Mickey Mickey. Blue Eyes. <laughs> the, a very, it's like Mickey Blue Eyes meets Sal of the 120 Days of Sodom. Like, yeah, it's, there you go, yeah. Because it, it is violent. It's not as, um, you it's know... It's not uh, as gruesome as, like, Itchy the Killer or uh, Visitor Q or, or, or any of those films. Uh, uh, Mickey has a um, reputation... Uh, this, this, there is a few chopped heads, though. Uh, we get that almost right off the bat, some chopped heads. Yep, chopped heads, severed limbs. No severed fingers. That was in the movie I saw. I saw Guns Akimbo literally just before I met up with Kit in line to see uh, this. And Guns Akimbo, I cannot say enough good things about it. I really, really enjoyed that film. Thank you very much. I, I believe uh, an old lady gets her eye punched into her head at one point. It, it was I... Maybe that doesn't quite happen. Yes, and, and it bleeds, and it, yeah. yeah. So there's like there's one guy who keeps accidentally killing people. Um, by the way, I love the the, the he's set. Like the, he's basically the Steve Buscemi of this movie. Yeah, he just stumbles around, accidentally killing people. I really enjoyed. Um, there's a scene where he goes to basically he, they're setting up this like fake drug theft thing, and he's gonna like taser someone, steal the drugs, and make it seem like someone else did it. Gets to the house. Like, sneaks up behind the guy, runs in the room, but his hand hits the door handle, drops the taser, and the guy's like, what? Pulls the mask off, recognizes him, winds up having to kill him. And that sets off a whole set of shenanigans. Although, pretty much everyone in the movie dies. Yeah, well, this is why we compared it to a Coen Brothers. Uh, like, it's a, it's a crime caper uh, plot for criminals stealing from other criminals and one crooked cop, and it just goes horribly sideways and ends with, like, a, like a Hamlet type scenario where everybody's dead pretty much yeah and a sweet animated sequence yeah that was cool what a what a uh, intelligent way to save money on on a car a vehicle basically and and a ridiculous stunt i also love the fact that the, so there's the, the yeah the, the animated sequence comes out of nowhere there's no animated sequences before it it's not like there's no allusions to it it just happens and then it ends and everyone's like it's fine it's, it's, it's basically so they could have the car busting through some wood and leaping over a uh, whole bunch of cop cars and landing and then squealing away like you would want to see, but they didn't actually have to film it. They just animated that one sequence and it worked and it was it was pretty cool. And we found out that uh, Takashi Miyakai's producer actually was one of the original producers on Pokemon, 
which I always forget means pocket monster. And because uh, one of the questions asked was like, how did the animated sequence come about? And he's like, well, my producer was one of the originators on Pokemon, so like doing something animated is kind of in tune with it. And I just have to say, like, Takashi Miike is a very lovely person. Like, yeah, he came out in a uh, a funny hat, and he did a little jig, and yes. then introduced the, the film um, with our our nemesis there. What's his face? The programmer of Midnight Madness. We, not, we shall not speak his name. <laughs> he always steals our ideas from this podcast, and then it's like, oh, look, what I'm, uh, Albert Pune, I'm programming Albert Pune movies. Yeah, go for yourself. <laughs> On the whole, super fun movie. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I hope it gets some kind of wide release. Seeing it in theaters was awesome. Uh, really well. The cinematography was also really good. I noticed that like the film is kind of bookend by scenes of the, our main character. Uh, what's this? Boxing, or like setting up, like taping up his wrists and then shadow boxing. Which is a nice, uh, uh, another good, like, crime movie trope, you know, the boxer. Yeah, the boxer that gets looped in because there's always criminal elements around boxing, betting, rigging, fights, all that shit. So, yeah, I dug it. It was fun. Fun to watch. Yeah, and it's always a fun time going to Midnight Madness. The crowd is so really good. Like, we had a good solid 40 minutes of uh, batting around at uh, beach balls before the movie started. Yep. Pretty great soundtrack to start off, which was all songs from Takashi Miike films. And then initially I was like, oh, but except for they did played the theme from the original Django. And I'm like, wait, no, he did Sukiyaki Western Django, which used a version of that theme. Um, so, get uh, anything else you wanted to say about um, First Love? Uh, no, it was good. A little uneven at times, I'd say, but uh, overall very enjoyable. Yeah, we should say the plot basically focuses around a woman who's been sold into prostitution by her father and become a drug addict who is basically being set up to be the patsy for this crooked cop and one Yakuza member trying to like take over the Yakuza so she's being set up to be murdered and along the way she runs into our our uh, male main character who is a boxer who was recently diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, after he collapsed in the ring during a fight and so now he's got nothing left to lose and he uses his skills as a boxer to basically punch the bad guys along the way, and he's just gung-ho, ready to protect this girl. And uh, the uh, the prostitute girl is also haunted by uh, her father, who used to abuse her when uh, she was young as well, and he appears um, draped in a sheet in his uh, his tight white underwear. And, and glasses. He's wearing black frame glasses. And at one point in a, a very bizarre scene... Um, She's listening to a song on the boxer's iPad pod, and and yeah, the uh, her father just starts dancing, like doing a doing a funny jig, and of course the audience at Tiff's really into it, and it was it was it was a good scene, I think it, I think it worked. Yeah, so there's there's lots of interlocking stories. There's something else that the film touches on is so Miyakai is very interested in how when Hong Kong reverted to Chinese rule in 1997, there was a big influx of uh, Hong Kong immigrants into. Japan, which went to the Shinjuku district of Tokyo, which is where most of his films are set, and this one film was set there as well. Because if you notice, at a certain point, there's, you know, Chinese people uh, in the film discussing, yeah. like, you know, and they're like a Chinese triad is like involved as well. Yeah, it's the uh, Yakuza versus the triad. It's, it's fun. Happens in a lot of his movies, uh, and it's back and forth between Japanese and Cantonese, and it's, uh, yeah, fun times. Even some English is thrown in for good measure. Oh, when she says, go on or get yeah, out of yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a movie stocked with, like, badass characters, too, and they all get to have, like, a little moment at the uh, big massacre at the end there. So it's yeah. just, you know, it's uh, engineered to be a fun movie, and I appreciate that. Yeah, Mia K, like, I, I really do think he's, like, a fine wine. Like, I've been watching his films since I was a teenager. 
his films now are better than his films were back then. Like, he has not missed a step. In fact, he's gotten better with age. I also think his budgets have gotten better. Like, I really enjoyed his film um, Blade of the Immortal, which came out a couple years ago, which was billed initially as his 100th movie, but it was really more like his 120th or 12th movie or something. Um, and then he also did 13 Assassins. He did Yakuza Apocalypse, which is super fun. Like, all of these are recent movies that have all done well. He's also got an interesting sense of humor. Like, I like his... Like, the million cop cars following the one guy and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's quirky. Well, he, he finds humor in the absurd and the, like, just the, you know, surrealness of it. Oh, and uh, thank you very much. With that, our, uh, our early morning breakfast has arrived. So, Kit, final thoughts on um, uh, uh, First Love? Uh, thumbs up. Yep, same here. Really enjoyed it. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, I'll probably be back tomorrow with uh, the final uh, yeah, DVB on TIFF. Um, but yeah, we will uh, talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye.